Bishusa Rav El Presidente, this week's Parsha, Parsha's Korach, this Tavar Torah should be Lule Nishmas, Zoya Bas Shifra, her Neshama should have an Aliyah and her family should be comforted during their Avelos and she should always be remembered for the warm, inviting person that she was. Really a shining example of, as my father would say, a Yiddish Mama. Uh, it happened to be on that day, the day that she was Nifter, our dear president, Mr. Jonathan Goldman, calls me up and he suggested that we take on a new learning project for the Fabrengen, to commit to learning just five to ten minutes of a Sefer, each Fabrengen, in addition to the Divrei Torah on the Parsha Shavua that people usually share. And we decided what would be a good Sefer to do, Pirkei Avos, can't go wrong with Pirkei Avos. So at each Fabrengen we'll begin by learning a Mishnah of Pirkei Avos and we should have Siyat HaDishmaya to finish the entire Sefer together. We began last night at the Fabregan with the Hagdama, the, the introduction to Pirkei Avos. Um, it was an amazing Fabregan for all those that were there. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you to all that came and to the Rebbeim and to Rabbi Shapiro who, who came. So the Hagdama begins, the Pirkei Avos begins with the Hagdama, which is Kol Yisrael Yesh Lahem Chelek Le'olam Haba, that all Jews have a share in the world to come, which, of course, we, Johnny suggested that we do Pirkei Avos. On the day that uh, Zoya Bas Shifra, who, who is my wife's uh, grandmother, passed away, and that very night I read, All Jews have a share in the world to come. Their people all are they're all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever and the branch of my planting, the work of my hands that I may be glorified. And we'll get to branches of my planting, we'll get to branches later. But the question is, from the Nativa Shalom, why do we begin Pirkei Avos with these words? And how can all of Yisrael have a chilek in Olam Haba? I'm sure we've all met people who are aware of some Jews who you would think from the things that they did uh, uh, that maybe like they would be exempt from, they wouldn't be uh, allowed into, bar, barred entry to, to Olam Haba. But comes along with the Tivah Shalom and he explains, what do we mean when we say Kol Yisrael? It begins Kol Yisrael. All of, all of Yisrael. We're not talking about each individual Jew. We're talking about the entire cloud, the entity of Kol Yisrael. When Kol Yisrael are acting as one, then each individual will be judged by the quality of the unity of this whole. And therefore, will merit Olam Haba. If you're going to be a part of the Tzibor, if you're going to contribute your heart, your talents, your passion, your shvitz to the Tzibor, you're going to merit Olam Haba because you're going to be judged as a group, as a unit. The age-old question, individualism, socialism, elements of both really are imperative to a healthy society and healthy people. Lack of balance doesn't work. A group of people who only care about themselves, it doesn't work. The very opposite of Yiddishkeit. And of course, a society that doesn't recognize the individuality of the people that make up that, that society, doesn't allow each person to grow and flourish in their own lane, their own paths, also doesn't work. And also the opposite of Yiddishkeit. But here we're emphasizing the concept of unity as it relates to Olam Haba. You want guaranteed Olam Haba? I heard two weeks ago from Rabbi Asher Vaknin, from the BJCC, third floor place to be. He's, and, and he said that the Baal Shem Tov explains 
that if you read the paragraph, Avas Olam, which is the paragraph we read, the prayer that we read before we say Shema, if we read Avas Olam with Kavana, you have guaranteed Olam Haba, because it's all about this idea of serving, being selfless, serving the Kalal, loving each individual Jew, and being a member of the entire Kol Yisrael entity that we're talking about over here. And even a step in a more immediate direction, why is the Hagdama written in the present tense? You all have a share in the world to come. All of Israel has a portion. Because, says the Nativa Shalom, by performing a mitzvah, you're forming a bond with Hashem and you're strengthening and cultivating it. When we are nifter after 120 and the Shamas go up to Shemayim, we're clinging to Hashem. We're in a place where we're as close to Hashem as we can possibly be in. We're basking in the, in the splendor and the glory of the Rabboni Shalom, which is supposed to be the greatest pleasure possible. And you're clinging to Him. When else do we cling to Hashem? When we do a mitzvah. We need to understand how big of a deal a mitzvah is. We really, 100%, at least myself, take it for granted. We put on our sitzits and say the bracha. Blah, 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 blah. We go to davening. Blah, 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 blah. We put on tefillin. Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we rush through it. We don't really think about what we're doing and understand that the Hashem said to do whatever mitzvah we're doing in the moment. Hashem commanded us to do it and we're doing it. It's, it's connecting to, the, to God, connecting to the creator of the universe. We think about that while we're doing a mitzvah, or at least before to prepare to do a mitzvah. We just think about it for a few minutes. We'll, we'll fly, we'll skyrocket to a whole other, other madriga, a whole other level. And for some reason, we don't, we don't do it. And something, at least I don't do enough to meditate on that and say like, wow, I, I did that. I did that mitzvah. I, I connected to the, to the infinite. The Vekas connection is a real thing. Says the Gemara in Brachos that in Olam Haba, Tzadikim sit with crowns upon their heads basking in the ziv of the Shechina, as I mentioned before. Olam Haba is the attainment of the ultimate closeness to Hashem. Therefore, when you do a mitzvah, you're tasting Olam Haba if you're tuned into what you're doing and do it. So that's what... That's the, the reason why Atim Shalom says the Hagdama is written in the present tense. Furthermore, explains the Tiva Shalom that in Mesech Shabbos, a convert famously asks Hillel to teach all of Torah while standing on one leg. And Hillel responds, I'll do it for you, no problem. What is hateful to you, do not do to your friend. Says the Magad of Mezrich, the word Chaver comes from the word Chibor, connection. So it can be read as what is hateful to your connection, what is hateful and destructive to your attachment to Hashem, do not do. The essence of all of Torah is to cultivate that connection. Comes along Korach in this week's parasha, and what does he do? He does something to harm this connection that we're talking about over here. Says the first Pasuk in the parasha, Ayikach Korach ben Yitzar ben Kahas ben Levi v'dasan ve'aviram b'nei Eliyav v'on ben Peles B'nai Reuven, Korach, now Korach, son of Yitzar, son of, son of Kahas, son of Levi, Datan and Aviram, and sons of Eliab, and On ben Pelet, descendants of Reuven. So the Orchaim explains the significance of the Torah mentioning Korach's lineage in, in the first passage. And he quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and I'm going to read it in English for speed. He was called Korach, for he created a karcha, a bald spot in the Jewish people. He was called son of Yitzhar, 
because he brought a divine anger upon the world as fierce as the heat of Saharaim, as fierce as the heat of noontime. He was called son of Kahat, for he, he set on edge the Kiha, the teeth of those who gave birth to him. And he was called son of Levi, for he was a son who was escorted, Leviah, escorted to Gehenna. The Gemara then asks, but why doesn't the, why doesn't the verse continue past uh, uh, Reuven? Why doesn't it say Bnei Yaakov? Alluding to, to the fact that Korah consigned himself to Gehenna, the Gemara answers, Yaakov pleaded for divine mercy that he, sh- he himself should not have his name associated with Korah. So ask the Orachayim, why would the Torah use the names of all these righteous people, all the descendants? Korah, Korah himself was a righteous person. All of the people who descended from were righteous. Why would, he use the name, why would the Torah use the names of righteous people to describe the evil things that Korah did? And for the Gemara to suggest that the Pasuk should have listed Yaakov Avinu's name in this context is also inappropriate, says the Orachayim. Yaakov is considered the greatest of all the Avos. Explains the Orachayim the concept in Kabbalah that the essence of a Jewish neshama is the same as that of the letters of the Torah. And when Hashem created Adam, He created him as one tree that encompassed all the branches of holiness. When Adam sinned by eating the Eitz he contaminated all of the branches of souls, and so everyone who descended from him had blemished souls, so to speak. Then came along Avram Avinu, who partially cleansed his soul through the ten tests that he went through. Then he had Yitzchak and Yishmael, and Yitzchak was, was, was able to further cleanse the soul, the soul, his soul through the Akedah until finally he had Yaakov, and Yaakov was like the perfect, the perfect soul, totally clean, pristine like Adam's soul before his sin. As the Gemara states in Bava Metziah, that Yaakov's soul was as beautiful as Adam Arishon's soul. So the Torah lists each of Korach's ancestors to show how his sin of gathering men to rebel against Moshe cut off his soul, cut off the connection of his soul from each of their roots, from his father, grandfather, going all the way back to Reuven. But why doesn't it mention Yaakov, who, as we mentioned, restored the blemish of Adam and he became like the tree from which all branches of holiness will, will now descend and all branches from all where, where all the souls will descend. So there's a debate in the Gemara as to whether Korach lost his share in the world to come. Many say it's because Yaakov prayed not to have his name mentioned as an ancestor of Korach. Because Yaakov prayed not to be associated with him, this is why he lost, he was cut off and he lost his share in the world to come. But says the Orachayim, the reason that Yaakov prayed not to have his name mentioned in this Pasuk is because he had Rahmanus for, for Korach. That Korach shouldn't lose his share in the world to come by being completely cut off from the tree of all branches of holiness, Yaakov Avinu. The names were listed in this Pasuk to show all, all of the, the, the roots that Korach cut himself off from by doing his sin. And why did Yaakov say, please don't mention my name with Korach? Because he had Rahmanus for, for Korach. He didn't want Korach to lose his connection completely from the world, from the universe. And, not, and be barred entry to, the, to Olam Haba. So we see over here the idea in Pirkei Avos that if we're going to separate ourselves from each other, if we're going to go rogue, if we're going to be self-serving, we're not, and, and, and then in, in that case, we're going to be judged in such a way. Unless, of course... None other than Yaakov Avinu is going to pray on your behalf to not be judged in such a way, like Korach did. But not everyone's going to be so lucky. So we need to have the mindset of Kol Yisrael, that while we are unique individuals, at the end of the day, we're at the service of the entire cloud. Just like Babula, 
Zoya Bas Shifra was, Oheva Shalom. She was at the service of others, always looking to make people feel at home. And Bezras Hashem, we should have Siyad Deshmaya to embody this trait, cultivate unity and Achtos amongst Am Yisrael, and hopefully, as a result of that, usher in the coming of Mashiach Sid Everybody should have an amazing Shabbos.